Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu trends, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm talking with Christos Gormos, co-founder of Mighty Quinn's, a fast casual barbecue concept in urban locations. It's not easy to offer a menu filled with authentic brisket, ribs, and other pit-smoked meats in the middle of New York City, but Mighty Quinn's has found a winning formula. During the last year, the restaurants did a brisk off-premise business and are especially busy when events like the Super Bowl are on the calendar. Listen as Gormos talks about how Mighty Quinn's differentiates the menu with its low and slow cooking technique and inspired side dishes, and how he is positioning the fast casual for growth. Welcome, Christos. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, we thank you for having us on the show today. So let's start by talking about um, how many Mighty Quinn's locations there are and where they are. Great. We have uh, six corporate locations open right now, um, five in Manhattan, uh, one in, uh, in New Jersey. Uh, we have uh, two franchises that are open right now, uh, one in Dubai and one in Long Island, in, uh, in Long mm-hmm. Island, uh, Garden City, actually. Mm-hmm. So we do have a few locations that are closed uh, during the pandemic right now that we've temporarily closed and we don't know when we're going to reopen, which are the stadiums, malls mostly. You know, so they've been hit the hardest with uh, you know traffic. So uh, unfortunately, we had to keep them closed up until today. We don't know, you know, how how long we're going to still be closed with them. Mm. Depends. But yeah. uh, but thank God, you know, our other ones are you know doing good with the delivery and takeout because you know we've been set up for it. So right. we're thriving. We're still pushing along with you know we fine tuned. We had some time to step back and fine tune now with this. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really a barbecue is really adaptable to take out and deliveries. So that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it carries well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me how Mighty Quinn's got started um, since you were one of the founders. What was its mission from the beginning? Yeah, we started in a, in a market uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, we were pulling a trailer with a smoker on it. And, uh, you know, we're doing minimal amounts in the beginning you know we started trying to do a test uh our chef and pit master uh co-founder hugh would uh just cook off like maybe four or five briskets at a time and a couple of uh pork butts and we started with some sandwiches you know and see what our special ingredients so how the market would take us over there we figured that we'd, we'd be doing festivals we weren't really thinking about a brick and mortar at first Mm-hmm. So when we went and did it, we saw that we were selling out right away. We were cutting the days in half because we couldn't even produce any more product with the capacity that we had. So at that minute, we saw, you know, at that moment, we realized that we have something that's a little bit more than just a, a weekend thing. Because we saw the, we saw what was missing in, especially in the New York area, the authentic uh, barbecue was mm-hmm. uh very lack of it you know there wasn't there wasn't a lot of education in it and it wasn't there wasn't a lot anywhere you can get it so i think that we attracted a lot of attention with that um so our mission was to like you know we wanted to replicate it and say how can we get this in a brick and mortar you know and you know educate people on a, on a different level maybe with you know craft beers and a little bit more than just the spoken you know a couple items mm-hmm. 
So why do you call it old school barbecue? I noticed that was the what you headline your website with. Yeah, we don't really call it old school because we cook old school way. You know, that's that's right. the difference. Our our uh, our cooking method sticks with you know, being low and slow. We only cook with wood. We say wood in time. Why we do wood in time is because we never rush. We never cut corners, and we always try and cook with. Uh, you know, with the love that we started with, we, we will never compromise our product or the quality of it or the integrity to, uh, to, to produce for masses. You know, we said that we would do it in a way where we kept that quality. And, uh, and the way we do it is because we don't use any gas. We don't use any uh, electric, we just use completely uh, wood-fired ovens. Ooh. So our smokers are all wood-fired and everything's cooked all the way through. It's never rushed. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that in urban settings with, you know, in a fast, casual concept? Yeah, so we, when we first did the brick and mortar, we knew that we wanted to, you know, duplicate this and be able to do satellite locations. So we always had the idea of doing a centralized kitchen Mm -hmm. and not only to be able to get different spaces without having to put smokers everywhere, but also to keep the quality and the consistency of the product the same. So we say we don't have maybe we don't have the best barbecue or we don't have the worst barbecue right whatever barbecue we have though better be the same in all our locations because customer comes to one mighty quins or goes to another one they have to have the same experience and that's what makes them keep coming back for it you know they want it they come back for it and they got to have the same thing so by having one place where you're cooking and you know controlling the ingredients controlling the cooking methods controlling everything and then shipping out to other locations you would be able to accomplish that so we built our central location, you know, a year later and started expanding and, you know, had five restaurants running out of one commissary in the beginning. So we were proud of like, you know, the accomplishments we did with technology and logistics. Uh, we use technology for cooking methods, for logistics. You know, it don't, we, we cook with wood time, so I say old school, but we also use for our restaurants, we use technology to be able to bring that food back to you know, where it's supposed to be for the customer to enjoy at the same exact spot, you know? So where is your commissary set up? We're set, in, set up in New Jersey, in uh, Passaic, New Jersey. So industrial area, you know, we don't have a restaurant front on the commissary. We just have a, sh- a straight 15,000 square foot commissary that we cook out of. Mm. And how about the Dubai location? Do you uh, like air ship it there or so, so so no so our franchising is a little bit different so the central location is built on owning and and being the corporate owner right of the central location we feed our cent our our urban and our suburban areas with for our corporate locations now our franchisees we do the same model with them you know a little bit of a smaller scale like our commissary was built to accommodate up to 20 restaurants whereas a franchisee would you know build uh, one location, maybe even with a storefront and be able to feed f- four or five. Cause that's a franchise is usually going to, you know, buy a territory with three to four or five locations. You know, if we have a big uh, uh, franchisee come through and they want to do 20 locations, depending on the area that they're in, they might be doing the same thing that we do. Got it. So and- everything is co-packed uh, by us, you know, so we, you know, our, our, we keep the consistency with the franchisees. They're not really, uh, creating recipes they're they're buying a lot of the things that we have made for them like rubs or you know the secret sauce as they say the sauce the barbecue sauce everything that makes mighty quins what it is is coming from a central location which is ours i see 
and the sourcing is really important too. Um, yeah, how do you choose the producers for your meats? So the meats we, you know, from the beginning for scaling, we always work with farms that could accommodate what we do. So we always use all natural meats. We always uh, stick with non-GMO and we try and keep everything, uh, everything's humanely raised, right? Produce, uh, the things of that sort, we try and work with local uh, distributors for each location, depending on where it is, because that's fresh product that comes in every day. Mm-hmm. The meats, we worked with farms, we put together, you know, uh, a, a set of farms that we can work with through distributors that will always be able to accommodate the volume that we're growing with, you know, so we never wanted to change the consistency or the product that we're buying. So we, we work with somebody that can handle the volume, even from the smallest start that we had, all the way to when, you know, we branch out to, you know, eventually how many units with the franchising. So everybody's going to be using the same exact product. That's, that's incredible. Wow. So can you describe some of the uh, signature items that you have on the menu, like the meats and the side dishes that differentiate Mighty Quinn's from other barbecue concepts? Uh, yeah, sure. The, uh, like our brisket, is, uh, we're smoked for 20 hours, you know, 16 to 20. Like I said before, we don't, you know, we don't use any gas. We use all wood fired for our uh, smoking process. So that adds a, a big element to the brisket and the way it's, you know, cooked down. We never cut a corner and take it off unless it's, you know, hand touched and made sure that it's the perfect product. Um, our chicken sandwich is one of the signature items that we're very proud of that we, we accomplished. It has, uh, it's been, you know, competing with the best of them. We've, we've been, you know, said best chicken sandwich in New York city, you know, compared to you know being just as good as a Chick-fil-A sandwich that's across the country. So we, we, it took us a long time to produce this chicken sandwich because we wanted to have it so that it would be able to, you know, be able to be cooked to order at a quick time, but also never lose its uh, integrity. So, you know, it took a lot of, uh, a little bit of technology, but a lot of uh, trial and error before we, we you know, uh, launched it. So... It was, it's, we're very proud of it though. It's this wing sauce that we have on it too is, you know, people have compared it to say, you know, they put it on everything. Some people want the wing sauce, they buy it and they want to put it on their waffles in the morning. I don't know, <laughs> not, not my cup of tea, but, <laughs> but I can, but I'm proud that they wanted, they, they want it that bad. So. And you, and the chicken sandwich is smoked as well. The chicken. Uh, there is no smoking process in the chicken sandwich. Oh, that's, okay. that's the only thing that doesn't have any smoking. Uh, the uh, ingredients that we put in our wing sauce is the smoking, mm-hmm. uh, but the the chicken sandwich is more of a sous vide type of cooking and then fried. So oh, okay. Well, that's really on trend now because everyone's doing chicken fried chicken sandwiches. Yeah, it keeps it. You know, it keeps the integrity, it keeps the juiciness of the mm-hmm. chicken sandwich. You bite in. You know, we always use the same cut of chicken uh, uh, cutlet, so we always have the same exact size. They're mm-hmm. very uniform. Have you had it on the menu for a while then? Uh, yeah, it's been on, you know, it's a big seller for us. It's been on for at least three, four years, I think. Wow, you were uh, way ahead of the curve then. Yeah, we keep our menu simple. So we started it, you know, as a special and it just became a staple because everybody was demanding it, so. How about the side dishes? What are some of those? That- uh, we do uh, sweet potato casserole. That's been from day one. You know, that's uh, that's been in our, in. Uh, the first day we opened in the restaurant was one of the, you know, uh, heart things for uh, Man- uh, Chef Mangum. He had it as a family recipe and he brought it with him. 
And we said we had to have it on the menu. We thought it was going to be, you know, a seasonal item too as well, but mm -hmm. there's no way that's ever going to come off the menu. <laughs> that was, uh, it was like Thanksgiving in a cup, they call it, our customers. It's, it's almost, it almost eats as a dessert. It's supposed to be a side, but it, it eats like a dessert because it's uh, candied walnuts, on, I mean, candied pecans on it, uh, a little bit of brown sugar, and it's just a, an incredible dish. Um, then we also have, you know, uh, our beans, which is our signature item too. It's uh, made with uh, black eyed peas and northern beans. Mm -hmm. And that has, I think, more meat in it than the, than the brisket sandwich does so, <laughs> when, you, when you get a cup of beans. So. And you do mac and cheese too, right? That, that's a Absolutely, yeah. that's another another recipe that we came up with. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit on the spicier side, so. Mm -hmm. Well, the Super Bowl is coming up, and I know everybody's doing special Super Bowl menus to go. What are some of the items that Mighty Quinn's is putting on theirs? Yeah, so we do we do a Super Bowl package where we have uh, usually a pound of brisket, pound of pork, a quart of mac and cheese, and like a quart of uh, coleslaw. So that's uh, that package usually feeds, you know, right, two to four people. We always we always say so. We have that as the signature one, and they, they can order by the package. And then we also do, you know, any other items that they want to do by the tray for Super Bowl. So most popular one that they add in, we never put it in the package because they always order a minimum of 25. So there is our wings, which Ooh. is another signature item that we have on our menu. We uh we have the same wing sauce that we do in our chicken sandwich that's on our wings, but we also offer them with a barbecue sauce too. Mm -hmm. And are those on the menu all the time or just for like... Yeah, the wings are always on the menu. We don't put them in the package themselves because everybody wants them. It's almost like an appetizer. So they right. take the package and, uh, and you know, we're set up so it's like feeds two to four people. So if people want multiple, you know, they're having more people at the events, they just order multiple packages. And they always add in, you know, I think, you know, we have two people that order 50 wings. That's how fast they go through them, so. Wow. Yeah. Did you have to change the catering menu at all, um, you know, in step with the pandemic? Are you doing like more family meals packages or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the beginning of the pandemic was a little, a little rough. We didn't know which way we were going. The restaurants, you know, just all slowed down. So we, you know, catering was obsolete. There was no businesses in New York. Everything was, you know, going away. So it was like no gatherings. So our catering menu, uh, you know, we had to uh, change a little bit of it. And we we went to accommodate the, uh, the, the people that were still there in New York and still needed lunches. So we individualized it. We said, you know, you order a catering uh, menu. We dropped it from, you know, ordering for 20 people. We dropped it down to five to 10. And we did a package where we said, you know, you can still order per person. We're just going to individually wrap each person's uh, meal instead of having it like a buffet style. Mm -hmm. So we accommodated in that way. And it's worked out pretty well now that especially they've gotten, you know, bigger and uh, corporate's been going back. They, uh, they like that option because it's much more sanitary. You know, it's much better for them. And, uh, you know, they still order in big numbers, but at least they, they get their lunches for their crews, you know. So... Mm. So how else did you um, adapt or position Mighty Quinn's for today's dining market? Because it seems like this is continuing into the first half of 2021. Yes, so we, we had uh, the, we were fortunate enough because before, like you said, we said earlier, delivery and takeout for barbecue was really good. We, we worked on our technology years ago and we, we had it to a point where, you know, we worked on our packaging. We always wanted to carry well and always make sure that, you know, customers had, uh, 
products brought to their home that they felt like they ate it right in the restaurant, you know? So we always didn't want to kill the integrity of the product with, with the delivery. So we had all of that dialed in. That's why we were fortunate. And all of our technology was dialed in where we had, you know, using all our integrated platforms like Ubers, the DoorDashes, everything works on one platform that we have that we created. And, you know, with our POS and our accounting, we can keep track of everything on one thing to keep it, you know, a lot faster mm-hmm. of a service for the customer, uh, less, you know, hiccups and always, uh, you know, keeping track and keeping the costs down for us so that the customers don't suffer, you know? Mm-hmm. And we also, we also added in, like we do, uh, we did uh, packaging. So we said, you know, like take for instance, like Thanksgiving came around. What are people going to do for Thanksgiving? We're not open on Thanksgiving, but let's make a turkey dinner for them that they can just put in the oven. It's all set for them, cooked pretty much all the way. Just they're going to finish it in their thing and enjoy, you know, a Mighty Quinn smoked turkey with all the sides that we did. So we ha- we, we prepackaged meals for them, basically, you know, starting from, you know, four people all the way up to 20 people. So did you that was another thing that helped us. Were you able to use the packaging you already had or did you have to get some new types of packaging? Uh, a little bit different with this one because we, you know, that, that was a holiday kind of feast that we called it. So we did that for for customers and that went off like a hit. So we... We did a little bit of different packaging where we used a little bit of aluminums and like tin so that it would be easier for cleanup for the for the customer. Mm-hmm. But we made it so efficient that, you know, they didn't have to worry about, say, oh, I have to get my food, you know, the day of. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to do a lot of prep. So we said, you know, people are going to have less. Uh, they're not going to be going away somewhere. They usually go to their families and have their turkey. Why not make it easy for them to just pop it in the oven now that they're not traveling? And, you know, and that worked out well. We did it for Christmas too. So that opened up a channel for grocery for us. So we're, you know, we're looking at that. We're putting our barbecue sauces in like national grocery stores now. And then eventually, hopefully we can, you know, start doing something like that where we do packaged foods for our product to go across the country. Cool. So you must have seen some of the news reports that, you know, a number of fast casuals like um, Chipotle and Shake Shack, which also had a lot of urban locations are opening in more suburban locations now with drive-throughs. Is that something that you're considering? Do you have any drive-throughs now, or is that? Uh, we don't. We don't have one currently, but we we have been looking. So, you mm-hmm. know, Mighty Quinn's is a little unique in the in the model because we work in both suburban and urban markets. So right. we have lunch menus, you know, with our bowls and our <clears throat> and our sandwiches and the you know and the the way we do the plating for single individuals. And then there's family style dinners too. Mm-hmm. So that it works in both markets. So the drive-through, it makes sense for us because our food is you know, cooked. We take 20 hours to cook our food, but the customer is served in 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. So the drive-throughs are a big hit. It's just about the real estate. You know, They're hard to come by, they're hard to get. And we have been looking. So our franchisees that we're, you know, we're trying to keep it in the Northeast with the franchisees. So we're trying to, uh, try to, to get one of them to do a, a drive-through that's a little bit easier than our areas that we're in here. Mm-hmm. And is there a new prototype that you're thinking of or is it, will it be similar to what you have now, but just with a drive-through? Yeah, like our, our scale, you know, definitely is gonna be smaller than we were, you know, used to do. It's not just because of the pandemic, it's just the way everything was going anyway. Right. You know, like every, our, our model is like, you know, fast casual. There's the big dining rooms are, 
they're not unheard of anymore, you know, not just because of the pandemic, but even before we saw a slowdown. So real estate to pay for is more takeout and delivery, you know, and you're doing less of dine-in. But the, so the drive-through makes a lot more sense right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so our footprint is, you know, it goes anywhere from 600 square feet and we go up to 2000 is our maximum square footage for mm-hmm. any restaurant that we have. Tell me about your happy hour. How does that drive traffic and sales? Yeah, so our happy hour, we don't really do a happy hour because our, our focus is more food. Mm-hmm. Our liquor and, and beer and wine are like the secondary in mm-hmm. our in our menus. So they do definitely bring in revenue. And, you know, people like the uh, accompanying of a, a craft beer, let's say, or a, or a wine that we do. But mostly, like, happy hours we don't really do with, with, the, with the liquor. You know, like, it's not a... Our New Jersey market is very hard to come by a liquor license. So our food was always our our first uh, thought to make sure that the place is successful with just, you know, serving food without being having to uh, depend on the liquor. Are you doing more um, like drinks to go now that it's allowed in New York? Oh, definitely. Yeah. The beer, you know, it's a it's a seller, but it's just, it's probably like equal. Like our percentage is very low that we were doing in store. So it's probably the same, you know, so we do a lot of bottle things that. And uh, we actually, you know, uh, you know, one of our stores in Clifton, we have uh, little bottles of uh, liquor that we do, too, you know, the individual mixed cocktails. So that's uh, over well. A lot of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the cocktails? Are like margaritas or? Yeah, yeah we do. Uh, we do a spicy margarita. There's a. Uh, <clears throat> um, the other one was mata. We did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we have another one that was. Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't remember them now. <laughs> uh, Sounds like they go you, well with barbecue. <laughs> yeah, so we do it. We have a, an old fashioned that we do, you know, with the mm. bourbon that we uh, aged. So, and do you do any LTOs uh, seasonally too? You know, with oh, time? absolutely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. LTOs we do, you know, one season. The new one that's coming out um, soon is going to be the Texas Chili uh, with the cheddar, uh, sour cream, scallions, and our we finally have cornbread at Mighty Quint. We're launching a cornbread. <laughs> We've always had what's called a corn fritter. So we always made a special corn fritter that we had on our menu. And for years, customers and you know fans were always begging us to do a cornbread. And we had never had a recipe that we were happy to you know launch. Mm-hmm. So we, we always kept it off the menu. So now we finally came into a recipe. You know, The chefs put, they put together something very amazing. So we decided we're adding cornbread on. And the cornbread's going to be, you know, making its debut with the Texas chili as a, as a, as a garnish mm-hmm. in, the, in the chili. But we're going to keep it on the menu for, you know, for the long time want of it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. So what's next for Mighty Quinn's menu, um, you know, in the spring? Do you have any plans yet for the next season or... Yeah, we we do it. We do what's a take on the McRib that you know McDonald's does. We do, we say we do it better, right? We do a natural rib. It's a baby back rib that we debone that's smoked with our special black cherry barbecue sauce, um, with our pickle uh, special pickles that we do inside and pickled onions, and then we serve it on a soft uh, potato roll. So that's a big you know big uh, big plus for the customers. They go. They, they compare us to it, you know, they compare mm-hmm. it to the McRib from McDonald's, but they say it's much better. <laughs> it sounds delicious. 
I'm getting hungry just listening to you because I just love barbecue. <laughs> so how about your growth plans? You mentioned a little bit about that. Are there other countries you're exploring internationally with some of your franchisees? Yeah, so now our focus was, uh, you know, the U.S. now, like, you know, the overseas, when we went to Dubai and saw that, uh, we did a location in, uh, in Dubai and said, it was so easy because they came here, they trained, we brought them there and all our, you know, dialing in of our menus and of our recipes and, and just the training part of it for all our restaurants over the years and putting everything together, it just became it was just natural to say we we have to franchise. You know, if we did it overseas and they're very successful over there, it's much easier for us to be no, next to our franchisees here and you know just be holding their hands all the way through it. So mm -hmm. the franchising is what we're really excited with. We're still looking for corporate locations ourselves, mm -hmm. um, and we you know definitely uh, are going to stick with the Northeast for now to support closely and build infrastructure for us so that we can you know uh, go across the country. So our, our main goal is always never to rush. You know, we want to do everything right. So if it means we have a franchisee that's here, we can get to them and we have enough team that we can support them. That's what we're looking for. And we have a lot of prospects. There's a, you know, there's, there's a lot in the pipeline for us. Thank God, you know, we're getting there. <laughs> and um, then we also have our grocery channel that we spoke about, and that's right. going to be, you know, moving into that section. Well, slow uh, sounds like a good policy. It's the way you cook your brisket too. Exactly. The low and slow. That's, low and that's, slow. that's our motto. <laughs> so personally, what are you most looking forward to as we move through 2021? The last year has been challenging for everybody. Is there something on a personal level? You're yeah. I mean, I got to tell you the, the pandemic for me, I'm a very social person and that's why I'm in this business. You know, I'm, I'm a third generation restaurateur and when I, uh, when this all happened, that's the biggest downfall for us. I, mm -hmm. you know, our New York restaurants are still not allowed to have indoor dining. So even mm -hmm. though it wasn't as, you know, our, our, our setting is fast casual and it's fast. I love socializing with our customers, you know, my staff and just this pandemic. That's, that's what I think took away from everybody. And yes, it's great. You're with your family a lot more with, you know, in the household and you're, you're bonding, but I feel like, you know, people were, People are meant to socialize, and that's what the that's what the restaurant business was always about was bringing people together, and uh, you know having them break bread together, and you know just meet and enjoy your, each other's company for a little while, you know while they're enjoying great food, you know. So yeah. that's what I I want back. <laughs> I want I want back that people can just go into a restaurant, sit down with each other, break bread, and hear those laughs and hear the you know the good times rolling again. I am definitely with you. Yeah, that's that's what makes me sad. I can't, you know, I can't not not be around people. So <laughs> I want that back. That's what I'm looking forward to. Thanks so much, Christos. I'm really craving some barbecue right about now. Please join us next time as we explore more food and drink trends on Menu Feed. You can listen to this podcast and past episodes on Spotify. Mm -hmm.